What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, July 2nd. As always, we are presented by our guy Dom and D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. Just me today in the studio, but we do have a great show for you today because we have about 25 minutes worth of Truman and me. We recorded a little bit yesterday breaking down NBA free agency, um, so we're just going to kick off the show with that. Uh, we've been away for about a week and a half. Uh, we were at vacation up in Michigan. It was a great time. We feel you know well rested, ready to roll, ready to have an amazing second half of 2019, which is crazy that we're already in you know halfway through 2019, so it's going to be a great second half for the show. Uh, first half was amazing so we're going to make the second half even better so we're just going to kick right into nba free agency like i said we recorded uh, a portion of it yesterday about 25 minutes where we just broke down all the moves that happened um and truman talked a little bit about Giannis, and we did a little bit there with the mvp since we weren't here when that was announced um so we're going to get into that like i said we're just going to kick off the show with that and then on the other side of that 25 minutes we'll do a little bit more nba talk and then we'll do our nfl and baseball talk so let's start with that here he is me and truman record this yesterday breaking down free agency in the nba all right so we now welcome on truman um like i said before he's just he's just here for the free agency we're just going to do a quick 10 to 15 minutes we are recording this right now on monday uh july 1st so basically a lot of the big moves have happened so far but Kawhi is still not signed there's a couple guys still out there that still have not fallen yet um so we're not sure you know on those moves yet because like i said it's monday but what i'll do is i'll keep you updated on that after this little segment i'll update you on what happened with that but truman is here Say what's hi. going on guys um, he has to work tomorrow, like I said, so we're just going to do this quick little segment, about 10 to 15 minutes, just to give you a quick update. Trim's a big NBA expert, so, you know, he knows a lot about this stuff, and, uh, you know, he hasn't been on in a while, so we thought you'd come on and give us a little bit of your thoughts. So, um, let's start with, you know, free agency news, let's start with the Nets. The Nets were probably the biggest story. Uh, what happened with the Nets yesterday? Yeah, so they got... Uh, you know, at the start of the day, everybody kind of had rumors that they were going to get Kyrie Irving. I thought that was kind of guaranteed going into yesterday. Um, you know, and then it was just about who was going to follow Kyrie because, uh, you know, there had been a lot of rumors of Kevin Durant going there. Um, you know, and there had been a lot of rumors with Kyrie just joining up with people. If he wasn't going to go to Brooklyn, maybe out to Los Angeles, back joining with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, so it felt like Kyrie was going to get paired with someone. Uh, you know, and that happened late yesterday when Kevin Durant uh, decided that he was going to move the dynasty that he had helped build in Golden State, and he was going to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. I was kind of surprised by this. I thought he would stay in Golden State. I felt like I would have stayed in Golden State if I was in Kevin Durant's decision, or if I was in Kevin Durant. Um, but he decided differently, um, as Kevin Durant does. He doesn't listen to anybody. You know, he does what he feels is best for him. And now he's going to go try and create a dynasty and build his own dynasty in Brooklyn. Um, you know, it could be a lot of people said that, you know, he joined on to an already great team with Golden State. So now he wants to go prove with Kyrie that he can do it and he can build an 
his own great dynasty in Brooklyn. Um, obviously, it's going to have to wait a year with Kevin Durant out a year uh, with his torn Achilles. Uh, but Brooklyn got a lot better yesterday. Um, I think we've been kind of waiting for Brooklyn for a while to get some stars on their side. You know, they're they have a big market. You know, they're out in Brooklyn, which is a big market, big city. Uh, you know, you'd think you could get a lot of players there, and they just haven't been able to do that yet. Um, in their in their franchise uh, or in a while in my lifetime at least and now they're gonna do that um, you know bringing in Kyrie Irving and then bringing in Kevin Durant um, but obviously like I said this is gonna have to wait a year because Kevin Durant's gonna be out um, you know it's gonna be kind of interesting to see what they do this year you know Kyrie's had a bunch of knee issues in the past and you know maybe they don't let him go full throttle this year and they rest him a little bit and then just go balls to the wall uh, the year after this uh, but it's going to be interesting, and the Nets are going to be a very, very good team for years to come. Like I said, we're recording this on Monday, um, so news is happening as we're recording this right now. Uh, we have we're going to talk about Kemba Walker, but Hassan Whiteside just got traded to the uh, Trailblazers. He got traded for Mo Harkless and Miles Leonard. So, like I said, things are happening as my what did I say Miles my same thing. Um, so he got traded to the. Uh, Trailblazers, which is interesting because he's getting paid $100 million, and nobody thought, you know, anybody would want that contract. But with Nurkic out for, you know, probably the year after that leg injury, um, made sense for them to give get Whiteside. Uh, but anyways, let's get back to where we're going here, going on our list. Kemba Walker was traded to the Celtics. Um, it kind of, there was like a three-team triangle just swapping point guards. You know, Celtics, you know, got... Uh, Kemba Walker, Terry Rozier went to the Hornets, and then Kyrie went to the Nets. So it's kind of like a circle here. Um, but yeah, Kemba Walker going to the Celtics. I love this move because finally we get to see Kemba Walker on television. Kemba Walker is one of the most underrated players in the NBA today. He is, uh, without a doubt in my mind, a top 20, maybe even top 15 player. And most people wouldn't know that because you don't get to see him on TV. Because when was the last time you went to a restaurant or a primetime game with the Charlotte Hornets? Never. Exactly. Charlotte Hornets are boring. They're a boring-ass team. Nobody likes to watch them play. But Kemba Walker has been a lone bright spot for that team and for that franchise. Michael Jordan has not been able to build around Kemba Walker. He's not been able to elevate him. Um, and he really hasn't shown a... Uh, uh, what do you say, shown urgency. urgency to elevate him in his game. So they got rid of him. Um, they brought Terry Rozier in, which I like that move for the Hornets. I mean, obviously he's not Kemba. Obviously he's not Kyrie. But I think when in moments where he started um, for the Celtics, you know, he had a good playoff run two years ago, he was you know pretty good for them. And now you're going to see him get a starting point guard spot, which I like because um, – I want to see Terry Rozier and see what he can do. And I think Charlotte's a good place for him to do that. Uh, but, yeah, that's the moves there. Um, Sherman, Bucks made a couple moves yesterday. Chris Middleton, Brooke and Robin Lopez, and Malcolm Brogdon. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it came down to it. Uh, obviously, every Bucks fan out there, including myself, wanted Chris Middleton to stay. I mean, he's been the closest thing to that second superstar next to Giannis um, that, you know, we kind of need. Um, and it seems like you need in the NBA to win. Uh, you know, he's just a consistent player. He's a consistent 20 points per game guy. Uh, you know, he's a good leader. Um, you know, so getting Chris Middleton back was extremely important. I think, you know, I, I kind of felt as if the whole way 
Uh, he was going to stay, and they were going to give him the max, which they did. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. I did not want to see him leave. He has a great chemistry with Giannis, a great chemistry with Bledsoe, and it's not right to break that up. Uh, so getting Chris Middleton, one of the young core pieces to the Milwaukee Bucks, was important. You know, and then you talked about Brooke and Robin Lopez. I'll start with Brooke. Obviously, an, uh, a rejuvenated start to his career last year. Uh, you know, or and like rejuvenated his career last year under Mike Budenholzer. Uh, you know, he found his three-point game, which nobody really expected Brooke Lopez to have. Uh, you know, he kind of just got his got into his own um, in Brooklyn or in Milwaukee um, last year, and it was really exciting to watch. I really felt like if he wanted to stay. Um, you know, in his own, you know, and have a great finish to his career, he had to do it in Milwaukee because he wasn't going to find the Mike Budenholzer system anywhere else. So I felt like that was kind of a guarantee to happen, you know, and he was very happy there last year. So bringing Brooke Lopez back was another huge, huge move for the Bucks. Um, just keeping one of those core guys together uh, from last year's playoff run. You know, adding Robin Lopez's brother, I mean, kind of a no-brainer move. Uh, nothing to really, you know, glamour about here. I'm not going to go crazy about a backup center. Um, you know, he's going to be a good backup center. Uh, he's been starting in certain places on rebuilding teams. Uh, so coming to a contender like the Bucks, it's important that he's backup. He's going to be a good backup. Uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. He's a good defensive center. Um, it's so, some good chemistry there. Yeah, and yeah, obviously, like you said. This is the first time they'll ever play together. Yeah, obviously, like you said, they're twin brothers. So just kind of add doing that was kind of a no-brainer move, but nothing to really glamour about. And then the other one uh, was losing Malcolm Brogdon to the Pacers. Not a move I liked. Um, I really wanted to try and find a way to keep all those guys together. But in the back of my mind, I knew one was going to have to leave, and it felt like that one was going to be Brogdon, like he was going to be the odd man out. Um, it sucks, but you know his injury history scared me always. Um, you know, and just the fact that it was kind of always hard to find a spot for him. You know, he was great off the bench for us, great in certain starting roles. Uh, but it kind of just felt like he was the odd man out. And, you know, I, you know, grimaced a little bit when I saw it, but I, I always kind of had it in the back of my mind that it was going to happen. And, you know, I hope he finds, uh, his own there in Indiana. I hope he stays healthy. He's a great guy and he's a great player. And I think he's going to be a good player great player in this league for years to come if he can stay healthy and indiana is a place where he can do that um so overall i'm very happy with what the bucks did i would have liked to see them try to keep brogdon but getting middleton and lopez back and you know adding a nice backup center um definitely was something um that made me happy after day one what about miritich miritich you know probably did something i think probably one of the most surprising moves you could say um, he decided to bypass the NBA altogether, and he went to Barcelona, one of their clubs out there, play overseas. I mean, he's gonna be making about seventy-five to eighty million, but I think it's three years he signed on. I'm not sure, but you gotta believe. I mean, Miritich, you know, he, he kind of fell off a little bit for the Bucks. He had some bright spots there, but you gotta believe he would have been making seventy-five to eighty million over three years for someone in the NBA. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's homesick. Uh, is he from? He's Spain? from over there. Okay, he's over there somewhere. So you gotta think maybe it's a homesickness type of thing. But still, you gotta believe. I mean, it's the NBA, and you gotta think maybe he'd be even making more over in the NBA. But I mean, he's gonna get money. I guess that's the biggest thing. But it just didn't make sense. What do you think about losing him? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too heart heart bent over that. Um, you know, he played good for us at times. 
Um, you know, he was able to come off the bench a few times and, um, you know, stroke some threes, what Miritich is known for. But he was very inconsistent, a lot more inconsistent than I wanted him to be when we traded for him. Um, you know, he just, he just, you know, he had some injury issues and he just wasn't, wasn't what I thought he would be necessarily. Um, but he's a good player and losing him, you know, it's a, it'll hurt a little bit, but I think they'll find another player that can stroke some threes off the bench for him. Um, you know, in the playoffs, he got a starting nod, uh, you know, and he was, he was even a good defensive player for us, which people were surprised about, uh, but just wasn't consistent enough and got taken out of the starting lineup and then ended up in the Toronto series in the Eastern Conference Finals, not even getting a minute in a couple games. Um, so I think that really had to do with his decision. I mean, he... He, you know, worked his ass off to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and Budenholzer, a well-respected coach, a coach of the year, um, you know, didn't even let him play a minute, you know, and that kind of says a lot because, you know, why not, you know, why not let him go in in games that we really needed to win? Why not let a fresh player come off the bench like Miritich? And they, he didn't let him do that. Uh, so maybe Miritich wants to kind of go back home and find his own, um, but you know, it, it sucks. You know, I liked him, and I wanted to see him do more with the Bucks, but, you know, it, it might just be kind of like a home thing. Yeah, I mean, I got to believe that's what it is. I mean, the money's right. Obviously, he's going to be making a bunch of money. and he's made, a, he's made a decent amount in the NBA, but I don't know. It's just like the – it seems like all Europe players are trying to get to the NBA, not stay in Europe. But it's interesting to see a player go from the NBA to Europe. But uh, we'll – keep watch on that i don't know maybe something will come out with that let's talk about the late night deal that pretty much would have shook the nba if it i believe if it was you know prime time six o'clock spot d'angelo russell signed a deal with the warriors or he got traded somehow there was restricted something yeah sign and trade uh to the warriors uh interesting move for the warriors because um they weren't nobody really expected d'angelo russell to go to the warriors um but he had an amazing season last year. He's obviously a prolific scorer. I think we're just scratching the surface of what D'Angelo Russell can be. Um, and like this is this is a deal, obviously, because Clay Thompson's out. They need a scorer. He'll probably move over to shooting guard, um, which would be a great spot for him. He doesn't have to take the entire load. Um, then the Warriors dropped Iguodala. They traded him to Memphis. I expect Iguodala, there's rumors that he's going to be bought out and he'll sign on with a contender like maybe the Lakers or something like that. Um, but his time in uh, uh, Golden State was worn out a little bit. I mean, he went on a radio show and was kind of trashing the medical staff a little bit. Um, so they just shipped him, shipped his ass off to Memphis where, you know, he'll probably get bought out. But anyways, the Warriors. I said it on the show when they lost the finals. They're not done. Everybody's so quick to write off the Warriors. I mean, they signed Klay Thompson to a big extension. Uh, he's back after a year uh, where he's going to rehab his ACL. I mean, if they make it to the finals, which I truly believe, I mean, if Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers, I think the Warriors still are one of the most talented teams in the NBA still. And I think they could still make it to the finals. And maybe Klay Thompson could come back, um, which I'm not really sure how they would juggle or how they're going to juggle Russell and Clay and Steph. Um, there's rumors that Russell may be traded. And I don't know. There's a lot of things going on right now. But it was a completely shocked move for me, completely out of the blue. Um, but, I mean, that's a great move for the Warriors. And I think people are going to be pissed because the Warriors are still going to be contenders next year because I don't think we're even close to seeing what D'Angelo Russell is going to be in the NBA. 
Yeah, I think it's a little bit... Um, but I'm glad, because, I mean, he was rumored to go to the Wolves, Timberwolves, and I think the Timberwolves will have destroyed his career. Yeah, I think it's just... Uh, it's a weird move, in my opinion, but I think it's a good move. Uh, if you're D'Angelo Russell, if they do end up... Let's just say they don't trade him, and he is a Warrior next year, because I'm hearing rumors that they are going to try and trade him. Uh, but if he isn't traded, and he is a Warrior next year, I think it's an extremely interesting move. And I think if you're D'Angelo Russell, you should be psyched you get to play next to Steph Curry um you get to play in the primetime games you get to play in an in, in a dynasty really still um you know and you're not known as a snake going to the Warriors because you were you were signing trade um but I think it's just going to be kind of interesting to see uh, it's going to be a hell of a backcourt with him and Curry um you know there's going to be it's still the best backcourt in the NBA now yeah I think so if you if he stays like I said um, but I think for the rest of the NBA, it just goes to show that the Warriors are not going to go away. Uh, yeah, they have a dynasty. Um, yeah, they lost, you know, the probably the cornerstone of that dynasty with Kevin Durant. Uh, but they're not going to go away easy. They're not just going to rebuild. They're not going to reset. Um, they're they're going to reload. They're you know maybe I I, I necessarily won't. Pick, I don't think I'm going to be picking the Warriors in the finals next year without Klay Thompson. But they are going to be there, they're going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to be competing for another world championship. And that just goes to show the ownership in Golden State is one of the best in all of sports um, to be able to keep this thing together as best as they can, um, even yesterday. I mean, if any other team loses you know, an MVP player like Kevin Durant, you know, chances are you're going to go into folding, go into hiding for a few years. The Warriors are not going to do that. They're going to be the Golden State Warriors, and they're going to try to win another world championship. All right, let's talk about the 76ers then. Again, I mean, moves were happening all over the NBA. And um, 76ers, I think their moves were a little bit under the radar because just everything that was happening. Uh, obviously, they lost Jimmy Butler to the Heat. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler just sort of wants to go to a place where he can just, you know, be the star, be a nice city like Miami and just sort of make his money and just be an absolute stud. And I don't think they'll ever go anywhere. I don't think they'll build around him. I think they're just sort of focusing now on staying in the limelight by keeping Jimmy Butler, who may get you, you know, 7th, 8th seed in a couple years, um, but maybe try to build up some of the younger guys. You know, they got rid of Hassan Whiteside, so, you know, they're taking on a huge contract with Jimmy Butler, but they got rid of a bad one with Hassan Whiteside, which was interesting because Whiteside, he got signed a couple years ago because he came from the D-League all the way up to, you know, an all-star caliber player. And then they started, once they paid him, he did not play as much. He did not play as well. Um, so they got rid of that terrible contract. They took on another one, but I think Jimmy Butler is going to elevate your younger guys as Hassan Whites, I would probably bring them down. Um, but we'll go to the 76ers now. Um, they signed Tobias Harris to extension, I guess you could say, um, which is a good deal. I think Tobias Harris is an underrated player. He's just another scorer. And then they brought in Al Horford, who is another underrated. I mean, he's an all-star caliber player from the Celtics. Uh, he's going to help them out a lot. So I think they lost Jimmy Butler, but they were able to keep Tobias Harris. And, I mean, Jimmy Butler's been known as a sort of a um, headache in the locker room, so you kind of lose that. And then you add Al Horford, who's a good veteran. He likes to elevate younger guys. And it's just a good move for the 76ers overall. But some of the other moves in the NBA – uh, J.J. Reddick signed with the Pelicans. That's just a great move because I think that adds shooters for them, which they need with Zion now. 
Um, and then Derrick Rose signed with the Pistons. Uh, so he's still in the NBA. He's still getting a contract, and he'll be a really good backup for them uh, behind Reggie Jackson. So that's – do you have any more thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I just like, – like you said, with the 76ers, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, Embiid and Horford play together. Uh, that's kind of been a rivalry almost. You know, Embiid's been really – you know, or Horford's been a really good Embiid stopper. Um, Horford's an extremely good defender, and he's a buck killer, and I wish he would go out west, but um, – you know, it's kind gonna of be like a fu to the Celtics so sign on with your rival, but yeah, you know, when the money's right, you go wherever you want. Yeah, I mean the seventy six is just gonna be an interesting uh, move, uh, a team to watch next year because they're gonna be a, have a lack of shooters. I mean, if losing JJ Redick, who's one of the better shooters in the league, losing Jimmy Butler, who's one of the better shooters in the league, uh, they're gonna have to figure that out. Uh, I don't know what the plan is. They lost Wayne Ellington too, who's you know, a good player, uh, but adding Horford and Embiid, they're kind of going against the grain of the NBA. Everybody thinks it's a small ball league. You got to have shooters. You got to have small people. They're going to go with size. They're going to go. They got two of the better big men in the league now, and they've got a a point guard who's not a shooter. He's a bigger guy. He's uh, got a bigger size than Ben Simmons. Uh, so they're going to go against the grain and see how it works, um, and we'll see, but it's going to be an interesting team to watch, as usual, with the 76ers. Um, you know, and then you talked about the Jimmy Butler move down to Miami. I like that move. I think if he can find his own in Miami and find his own franchise that he can just take over and hopefully bring guys to, then he's going to have a, uh, he's going to have a good time down in Miami. Uh, you know, obviously he's really good friends with Dwayne Wade, both Marquette guys. Uh, so I think that was part of his decision, but I actually really like that move. Um, and then you said J.J. Reddick, the Pelicans, another move that I really like. One of the better shooters in the league, and the Pelicans are really going to use him and his leadership uh, to their advantage. Uh, but overall, I think it was an extremely interesting day. Uh, but I am, you know, from an outside, because obviously the Bucks are not going to get Kawhi, but from so an outside person watching in, I am extremely excited to see Kawhi's decision. Um, you know, a, as a Bucks fan, I want him out of the East. I want him, you know, with Los Angeles, one of Los Angeles teams. But... I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him go to back to Toronto because that'd be a really really cool thing. Then the East would be stacked, which I kind of want. It evens out a little bit more than West East. Yeah, I mean the East the East will be stacked, but the thing is, everybody is for almost forgetting about it. Seems is like the Nets are gonna be out a year. They're gonna have to wait a year for Kevin Durant to recover um, because I don't think Kyrie's gonna be able to carry the Nets through the East. Um, you know, so the Nets are going to be out of year. So if Kawhi stays, it's another year for the Raptors. It's a big year for the Bucks. And, you know, if the 76ers are going to be contenders, it's a big year for the 76ers. If Boston's going to be a contender, it's a big year for the seven or Boston. So the teams that aren't the Nets in the East that are contenders next year is going to be huge for them. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to watch, but I'm on hands and knees waiting for the, any Kawhi rumor. I don't know why I'm just really interested in see where that guy goes. Uh, but, you know, part of me kind of hopes he goes back to Toronto because he's just, you know, if he builds his own legacy there, that would be really cool. But I think as a Bucks fan, I would be very, very happy to see him in Los Angeles. Yeah, so uh, like I said, we're recording this Monday, so his, his uh, decision could have already been decided by the time you're listening to this. So once we're done with this, uh, like I, we're going to take a break. I'm going to record tomorrow morning. Uh, so we can get all those moves in. So I'll update you on that as that goes along uh, after we're finished with this segment, which we almost are. Um, also yesterday, uh, some of the signings, you know, sort of overshadowed what happened 
uh, with some other places, a couple players got some pretty good extensions. We'll go Jamal Murray, signed a five-year, $170 extension with the Nuggets, which was a big deal. I mean, he's good point guard, solid, really good. Could be a potential all-star caliber player uh, staying with the Nuggets. And then Porzingis, who we all saw this coming, signed a five-year, $158 million extension with the Mavericks. Once he gets back from injury, that's just going to be uh you know, obviously he's a force in the NBA. And I think people are kind of forgetting how good he is when he's healthy. Um, and then the Mavericks, they also got Dragic, which, um, I mean, he's a good Did player. They, they got Dragic. I thought that ended up not going through. Did that end up not going through? Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, you can just talk about that. All right, well, let's go. Um, while we got Truman here, a couple more minutes, let's talk about Giannis. Uh, he won his first ever MVP. The Bucks, you could say, sort of swept the, the award ceremony. Um, we were obviously on vacation when this sort of all went through. Uh, they won executive of the year. Their dude, what's that guy's name? John Horse. John Horse won executive of the year. Bootenholzer won coach of the year. And Giannis won MVP. Um, I, I don't. I like Giannis if Truman wasn't a Bucks fan. Um, I root against him because he once he succeeds, the Bucks succeed, and when the Bucks succeed, Truman's happy, and we don't root for Truman's happiness, uh, as we all know. Um, but if you look at it, he was 15th overall. I sort of I have a list here of teams that passed on Giannis, and I just want to get your reaction to each pick of the 14 teams that the players they took before Giannis. Okay. So first overall was Anthony Bennett. With the cap. Uh, that's a joke. That's so, a, that's a, one of the worst first round draft first overall. Yeah, so I obviously have a lot of hate for Cleveland overall, and that's just laughable for me. And I think every Cavs fan should just go hide in a hole for Pascal Giannis for Anthony Bennett. Magic took Old Depot with the second pick, which obviously that took a couple years. He's now sort of coming together, but still good player. Uh, didn't pan out for the Magic, but he's a good player, and I like Old Depot, but not Giannis caliber. Otto Porter was taken third with the Wizards. Joke. Cody Zeller was taken uh, fourth with the Bobcats. You don't even have to talk about Cody Zeller. Joke. Uh, Alex Len was taken sixth overall with the Suns. Is he still with the Suns? I don't even know. I don't know even know where, where Alex Len's at. Seventy uh, Sixers took Nerlens Noel. Decent, very very mediocre player, and not Giannis at all. So Ben McMore was taken by the Kings. Where the hell is he at nowadays? Cadavius Caldwell Pope taken by the Pistons. Decent pick, I guess. He's I guess he's not even on the right. team anymore. Uh, Utah took Trey Burke. Where the hell's Trey Burke at nowadays? Then the only one, I mean, CJ McCollum was taken by the Blazers. I mean, he's great player, but he's not. Yeah, he's yeah. not an MVP. None of these caliber. guys are Giannis. Yeah, he's not an MVP caliber player, but good pick. Then the 76ers took Rookie of the Year Michael Carter Williams, who liked Michael Carter Williams for a little bit. Just signed a one-year deal back with Magic, but he is a very, very mediocre backup point guard in the league now. Steven Adams taken by the Thunder. Joke. Uh, Kelly Olenek was taken by Boston. Joke. And then Minnesota took Shabazz Muhammad. Absolute joke. Yeah, so that's that's the 14 players that were taken over a raw uh, prospect from Greece named Giannis Atatokounmpo. I mean, what has he done and how has he impacted your life? I mean, he's literally completely changed the Bucks, And... He's literally changed my life because literally, I don't think the Bucks would be in Milwaukee anymore if Giannis wasn't drafted by them. I think they would be in Seattle. I don't think that they would have any hope of an NBA team, and it, it would just be a disaster. So Giannis completely changed the course of Milwaukee basketball for forever. Um, you know, and he's become, you know, there's a few staples of sports in my life. 
you know, player-wise. And Giannis has become one of those staples. I mean, he's the best player in the game right now. Obviously, he's just MVP. Uh, so bringing that to Milwaukee and that type of recognition is insane. And it's just like I have such a love for him. It's like crazy. Um, you know, and I pray to God every day, and I don't think he's going to. But, you know, I hope he's one of those players that stays with the Bucks for forever, a Dirk Nowitzki-type player. Um, you know, but he's just an amazing player. And, he, you know, obviously it was pure emotion on the stage when he gave his speech. Um, you know, he's just worked so hard and come from so much to get to this point and take the Bucks from where they were to here. It just shows what type of guy he is and um, what type of player he is. Um, you know, it's just going to see now it's just all about championships. Um, and we're going to see. But I think Giannis is just, you know, not just from a Bucks standpoint, I think everybody in ways has to root for Giannis because he's just a great overall guy, and that's just the first first and foremost. All right, well, that's it for Truman's little segment here. That's about half the show, though. We're about a half hour now. Um, but that was, you know, like I said, we want to bring Truman in. He's working that tomorrow. Um, but on the other side of this, I will give you updates because obviously something's going to be happening. Um, but Jerome, thanks for coming on today, giving us a little spiel. Hell yeah, I'll be back once school starts. Work schedule's tough right now, but I'll be back to give everybody the um, the other side of things, not the Travis side of things, soon. Um, but I miss it, and go Bucks, go Packers, and go Brewers, and go Badgers. Back to just me now, uh, you know. We're trying to get more of that, you know, a little bit of Truman when he can't be here, get him in. Um, so that was great. We really appreciate, you know, him giving us the time there. You know, with the work schedules, it's getting a little bit harder to get him in. But we promise once school starts, you know, we'll be living in a house together. So we'll be able to be on pretty much all the time. Uh, but other than that, though, that was our free agency talk. We are still waiting on Kawhi Leonard. We haven't heard anything yet. I mean, we're refreshing Twitter each and every second of every single day because we're just waiting for Kawhi, you know, where he's going to sign. You know, every second there's, you know, a new thing coming out. You know, I saw Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers was trending yesterday on Twitter. It's not true. Nothing has happened yet. Uh, so... We're just sort of waiting. It's like we're in limbo right now waiting to see what happens uh, with Kawhi. But, again, since we recorded that now, nothing crazy has come down yet. Isaiah Thomas is probably the biggest thing. He signed a deal with the Wizards, um, which is a nice thing for him. I know, I know Ish Smith signed with them, but uh, I think Isaiah is going to be the starting point guard until John Wall gets back, which is a good spot for him to kind of take over. And I still think he has that potential. I'm still waiting on Kawhi. I mean, not Kawhi. Isaiah to bounce back a little bit but let's move on from that we're still waiting on Carmelo Anthony to figure out where he's gonna go he has not signed yet I know people are wondering when's he gonna sign is he gonna sign he's gonna sign wherever he goes like I said on Twitter the other day Carmelo Anthony you can make a case that he should be on any team in the NBA you can make a case for any team uh, for Carmelo where he should sign so we're still waiting on him I expect that to come down any day now and when it does Check the TNT Twitter, TNT Sports Talk 1-2. There's just going to be a lot of excitement flowing through my veins, and I'm just going to want to express it all over the Twitter. So just be prepared for that. I'll make a couple videos posted. Uh, but I fully expect any second now Carmelo Anthony could be signed. So we're, both, we're on Mellow Watch, and we're on Kawhi Watch. Again, Kawhi Leonard could be signed by the end of this show. I'm recording this at 1030. He could be signed, you know, tomorrow or whenever we don't know hopefully by thursday's show he'll get signed up so we can break that down for you on thursday's show 
But other than that, though, that's sort of all I have for NBA free agency. The only other NBA news uh, was Darren Collison. He retired after 10 years. Uh, I guess he's a Jehovah Witness, um, and he wanted to sort of focus on his faith. Um, you know, I respect that. I respect that move a lot. But it's interesting because he would have gotten a pretty good contract in the NBA because he's a pretty good backup point guard. I know a lot of teams were interested in his services. I think Chicago was going to offer him a big-time deal. But he's made a lot of money in the NBA. He's had a good, a great career. Um, it's going to suck to see him, you know, not on the court. You know, he's a nice player, fun to watch. Uh, but we wish him luck in whatever he decides to do from here on out. That's it for NBA. It was a lot, about half the show. But it's just so much going on right now in NBA free agency. It's I love NBA free agency. Uh, it's a little bit different than NFL because it just hits. And when it hits, it just hits hard and fast. Um, but that's it for NBA. Let's move on to football. Before that, though, D's home cuts. He's presented the show since the beginning. It's the best place around Northeast Ohio to get a fresh, cheap haircut but looks great. Uh, for only $10, Dee's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Check him out on Instagram at Dee's Home Cuts. You can set up an appointment. Send him a DM. Check out his Instagram stories and videos. He'll show you all the amazing cuts he's done. Um, so make sure you check him out, Dee's Home Cuts. Dom has supported the show since the beginning. Me and Truman and about 90% of the people we've had on this show gotten their haircut at D's or get their haircut at D's currently because they are lifetime clients because it's great, you know. And go ahead and check them out on Instagram. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So football, not a ton going on right now in terms of NFL. The only couple things we have, uh, the 40-yard dash challenge over the weekend, uh, if you missed it, it was kind of a cool thing. I guess it it got started with Ted Ginn Jr., who went on a radio show and said that he's the fastest receiver in the NFL, and he'll put up ten grand versus anybody who wants to race him in the NFL. Um, and a couple other people piled on, said they wanted to do it. So Chad Johnson, former wide receiver of the Bengals, uh, decided to put this whole thing together. He hosted this event. It was on pay per view. It was in Miami at the stadium, and basically it was just a bunch of former NFL guys or current NFL guys running 40-yard dashes against each other to see who would win. Um, it ended up, it was actually pretty well put together because uh, a thing like that, you know, they put it together sort of fast, and a thing like that can sort of fall apart, especially when you have Ted Ginn who doesn't even show up, which was, I love Ted Ginn, he's Ohio State, but to not even show up sort of sucks. Um, and then you had Robbie Anderson, wide receiver for the Jets. He ran one event, he beat Alva Kamara, and then he just dropped out, he was done. Um, but it was really well put together, and every single round you won, you won like $25,000, and if you won the semifinals, you won 50000 and then um, the winner won a million dollars. Maybe it was 250000 I don't know. But if you think about it, that's actually a pretty big deal for smaller guys because there weren't you know big-time NFL players in here. There were guys who maybe played in the NFL you know a year or two on the practice squad, um, but there are guys, that money means a lot to them. But it ended up Marquise Goodwin, the wide receiver for the 49ers, ended up winning. And like I said, it was well put together because Ted Ginn didn't show up. Robbie Anderson dropped out. But they had like alternates for both of them. So that was great. And it was a good, you know, well put together showing. I didn't buy it because I was driving and there was no need to. Um, and I didn't really know how much it cost. But, you know, I think it was well put together. And this was something that, you know, helped to fill the void that football took out of us during the offseason. So that was that. 
Uh, other news in football, Jonah Williams, the first-round pick out of Alabama, the tackle, uh, pick, got picked by the Bengals. He is out for the season after tearing his labrum. And, you know, this isn't a huge deal to most fans on the outside because you know, there aren't that many Bengals fans. But if you really dive into this, it is hilarious looking at the Bengals' last – well, I got four first-round picks and the injuries they've had. So you have Jonah Williams, like I said, this year's first-round pick, Tours Labor, out for the season. Last year they took Billy Price, missed six games with a foot injury. Then 2017 they took John Ross. He only played 17 snaps that whole season with his shoulder injury. 2016 they took William Jackson in the first round. He was out for the year with a torn pec. And then 2017 they took uh, Cedric, I don't know, Ojibui or whatever, tackle from you know wherever he missed 11 games because of a knee injury i'm not sure where all these problems are coming from they've had like i said they haven't had a rookie play meaningful games in terms of snaps in you know what we got now with counting jonah williams you got five years uh i'm not sure if it's just bad luck or if it's the Bengals training offseason programs just too hard and hits too quickly or maybe they just don't do that great of research on their first round picks in terms of health so Interesting to see that. Um, you know, we wish Jonah Williams the best of luck. I was kind of hoping the Packers were going to pick him, but I don't know. I'm kind of glad they didn't now because God knows what would have happened if he would have signed with us. So that's it for NFL headlines. Let's get into some segments with NFL. We're going to stick with our offseason review. We're probably going to have to kick this up to two teams a show just because it fills time when we're in a sort of a dead spot right now. And if we want to get every single team in, we got to sort of speed through it a little bit. Um, so we're going to do the Cowboys today, though. Just today, just the Cowboys. 10-6 uh, last year. They ended up losing to the Rams in the playoffs. C.J. Anderson came out of nowhere and absolutely torched Dallas's defense. But, you know, Dallas had a good year. 10-6. and six. They had, you know, an outstanding um, rookie class. You look at, you know, Leighton Vander Esch. I mean, Jalen Smith sort of stepped up too. So they both two young linebackers who stepped up in a big way. Um, they traded for Amari Cooper. So they lost their first-round pick. But Amari sort of found his stride again with the Cowboys. And, you know, it helped Dak Prescott out a lot. Um, but over the offseason, they ended up losing Cole Beasley, who was, you know, a huge piece for them the last couple of years, a good slot guy. They did replace him with Randall Cobb, which was actually a pretty good replacement um, for losing a guy like Cole Beasley because Cole Beasley and Randall Cobb have sort of similar talents. And then you look, they also lost David Irving, a, you know, a young, talented pass rusher. Uh, he didn't get re-signed by them. He's having some problems. He went on Instagram Live and was smoking weed saying he was done with the NFL. Not sure what that means. But they ended up replacing him by trading for Robert Quinn, very talented young pass rusher from the Dolphins, was with the Rams for a couple years. He's very talented. Um, and then they added Jason Witten, who you know left for a year, went up to the Monday Night Football booth, absolutely bombed. But they replaced, they got Jason Witten back, which was you know sort of a weird thing, sort of a surprise, because I'm not sure how well he's going to play now they took a year off. I mean, he was already struggling to run up and down the field with a year off, but they really don't have any other tight ends, so he's going to be playing meaningful time. Um, but they also, you know, they re-signed Demarcus Lawrence in the offseason. They re-signed Randy Gregory, who's still having some issues. You know, big-time pass rusher coming out of Nebraska, but he's had a lot of problems off the field. Uh, he's going to be suspended, but they're going to give him one more chance, I believe. Um, and then their draft. 
they had a good draft, I would say, for you know how depleted it was. They went ahead and you know they got rid of their first round pick for Amari. They traded a pick for Robert Quinn, um, which was smart, I think. Um, and they took Connor McGovern in the second round, who's a talented uh, tackle out of, I believe, Washington. No, I'm thinking of another guy. Connor McGovern, talented offensive lineman. They took Tristan Hill from UCF, um, who is sort of he's defensive lineman. He's had a lot of problems, Tristan Hill. Uh, he was a force two years ago at UCF, and you know Scott Frost left, and yes, he had a problem with the coaching staff. He was fighting with them a lot, and he was really talented two years ago. It's a big-time deal of what UCF did in their undefeated season. But he comes in with this new coaching staff, and he barely plays, and he ends up slipping to like the third round. So it's going to be interesting to see if they keep him together. And then they took Tony Pallard, uh, running back from Memphis, uh, which was interesting because they do have Zeke Elliott here. But the biggest questions surrounding Dallas and what they're about surround the re-signing structure, I guess you could say. They have two big deals coming down the line here. They got Demarcus Lawrence signed up, which was big, uh, but Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott, one of those two guys are going to have to walk. And it's very difficult to find a solid franchise quarterback, which I think Dak is. I think at best Dak's a top in that 10 to 15 quarterback range. He's not going to wow you, but he's going to be able to move your offense up and down the field, which is important. His contract extension is going to be a lot of money, though. And you already paid Demarcus Lawrence a lot of money. So that brings up the question, where does Ezekiel Elliott fit in all of this? They took Tony Pollard. That's maybe they're getting ready to, you know, let Ezekiel Elliott go. Not only did they take Tony Pollard, they also took Mike Weber, the running back from Ohio State, who's also a talented young running back. So bringing in, drafting two running backs, using capital on running backs for, for when you have Ezekiel Elliott, who's been pretty healthy the last couple of years, he's had some problems off the field, but you know it looks like he'll be fine, ready to go this year. I'm not sure what Dallas has got to answer those questions, but at the end of the day, the 2019-2020 Cowboys are going to have a better team. I mean, they lost Cole Beasley, they lost David Irving, but they replaced those guys with Randall Cobb and Robert Quinn, who you can make an argument they're better than Cole Beasley. Randall Cobb's a better receiver than Cole Beasley. Robert Quinn's a better pass rusher than David Irving. So, I think they got better over the offseason. And it's going to be interesting to see how they put it all together, how Jason Garrett does with all of this. As far as record goes, I think Dallas, you know, I think they end up 11-5. I think 10-6, and 11-5 is a good, solid place for them. I don't trust Dak Prescott, but and I don't trust that Amari Cooper is going to have an amazing year. I'm still a little nervous about him, um, but we'll see what happens with that. So, I'm going 11-5. For them, I think they'll be better because I do think they got a lot better over the offseason. Um, but we will have to keep watch on that. But that is it for NFL news. Um, we are going to go now to the MLB. And while I pull up the MLB rosters for the All-Star game real quick, you can bear with me um, for a quick second here. All right, so we got the MLB All-Star game rosters were announced. Let's go ahead and let's start with the National League. So starting in the National League, we'll start with the starting rosters. Uh, Wilson Contreras is behind the plate. Freddie Freeman, Kente Marte, um, I, I pronounced that wrong. Javier Baez at short, Nolan Arenado at third, Yelich in right, Bellinger uh, in left, 
and then Ronald Acuna at first. As far as reserves go, it's Monty Grandal, JT Realmuto, Josh Bell, Peter Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, shout out, Mike Moustakis, Paul DeJong from the Cardinals, Trevor Story, Anthony Randone, Chris Bryant, David Dahl, and Charlie Blackman. Pitchers, Mike Sorica from the Braves, Jacob DeGrom, Scherzer, Kershaw, Ryu from the Dodgers, Walker Bueller from the Dodgers, Grinky from the Diamondbacks, and Castillo from the Reds, and then Sandy Alcantara from the Marlins got their representative, Will Smith, Kirby Yates, and good old Josh Hader. Let's see if Josh Hader can repeat what he did last year at the All-Star Game, because that would certainly uh, be pretty funny uh, with that. Then we have American League starters Gary Sanchez at the, behind the plate, Carlos Santana at first, shout-out Indians, Gigi Lemayhu at second, Jorge Polanco at short, Bregman at third, Trout at center, Jorge Springer and Michael Brantley in left. And then reserves, James McCann from the White Sox, Jose Abreu, Tommy Lestella from the Angels, Lindor, Chapman, my boy Matt Chapman, Mookie Betts, Austin Meadows, Joey Gallo, Whit Merrifield, J.D. Martinez, and Daniel Vogelbach from the Mariners. And pitchers, Verlander, Garrett Cole, Lucas Gelito. Uh, Giolito, sorry, Mike Miner, which was surprising, Jake Ordorizzi, Marcus Stroman, John Means from the Orioles, Charlie Morton from the Rays, Ryan Presley from the Astros, Shane Green, Brad Hand, and Araldis Chapman. 31 first-time All-Star, which is the most um, in a couple of years. You know, they the All-Star game's kind of funny because they have to sort of throw uh, one guy from every single team, and it's like, who are you going to throw from the Orioles? On so you got to just sort of throw in you know a bullpen arm, but you know Means is a pretty good player. But Indians got three, Brewers got four, which kind of sucked for me. But it's going to be a good game. As far as the home run derby goes, now it hasn't been officially announced yet, but the, some of the guys we have uh, that we know are confirmed are Christian Yelich, Carlos Santana, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Peter Alonso, Josh Bell, and Ronald Acuna. So a lot of new names in terms of that. I mean, Vlad Guerrero's a rookie, Peter Alonso's a rookie. Josh Bell, I mean, he hit three home runs last night. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Christian Yelich, obviously. And then Ronald Acuna is going to be interesting, too. So we're going to get to see all of that. Great cast for that. And then shout-out to Nolan Jones, former guest on here. We're going to get him back on one of these days. Um, we have to actually talk to him. And you know, when he gets a little bit more time, he said he'd come back on. But he is going to participate in the MLB Futures game live on MLB Network, uh, which is going to be fun to see. Indian prospect, great prospect, great guy. Uh, like I said, you can go back and listen to our interview with him. Um, that was a lot of fun, and he's going to be on live TV, so that's going to be pretty cool. And you know, I expect he's going to be called up to Akron pretty soon, which will be awesome because Akron's pretty close to us, and I'd love to go watch him play. Um, so that's going to be really cool to see that on live television because you know it's awesome when you get it's awesome to to you know record with these athletes. But then to get to see them on live television doing their thing and succeeding at a high level, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Then, um, you know, a little bit of a heavier news. Tyler Skaggs, pitcher for the Angels, passed away yesterday unexpectedly. 27 years old, uh, was an amazing pitcher for the last couple of years with the Angels. Uh, he actually had an amazing start on Sunday. And then shockingly, you know, it sort of came out that he passed away in his hotel room in Texas Nobody knows what happened. Um, right now, details haven't been released. Uh, out of respect for his family, we probably won't, you know, go into that. We just, you know, whatever happened to him, you know, it was obviously unexpected, 
you know, death, unexpected passing. It really hurts when something like this happens because you sort of look at athletes, you know, you look at them like, you know, nothing could ever touch them. They're just, you know, on your TV screen, but then something like this happens and, you know, it hurts a lot. You know, obviously we go back to, you know, Jose Fernandez in that situation. This is very similar. Um, like I say, he's only 27 years old. He just got married last year. Uh, it sucks. And, you know, I hope, you know, people can take, you know, solace in the memories of him and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, it sucks, you know, because I, I know Tyler Skaggs. I've watched him a lot. Uh, and he was a really good pitcher. And, you know, I pray for him and his family. Uh, and hopefully they get through this very tough moment. The game was canceled last night between the Rangers and the Angels. And, you know, that's just, you know, a rest in peace to him. And, you know, I pray for him and his family. So that's just a little bit, you know, of a heavy-hearted news. We don't like to talk about that type of stuff. We don't like to keep it heavy. But, you know, it's something like that happens so unexpectedly, you know, it takes everyone back a little bit. But sticking in baseball, you know, it's kind of awkward to switch to a more of a lighthearted topic. But that's we like to keep it light on this show. So we'll stick in baseball and we'll talk about Bobby Bonilla, bon, Bonilla Day. I can't, I'm so bad at pronouncing last names. Anyways, so Bobby played for the Mets a couple years ago, a long time ago. And this contract that they signed uh, with him was a big contract because it's put off you know, payments. So every year he gets $1.19 million on every single day, July 1st, he gets paid this amount of money. And it's a lot of money to be paying somebody who hasn't played for your team in more than 20 years. Um, and I was looking at it. I was, I thought this would be sort of fun to go back and look at the players that are making less than Bobby today. Um, guys who are, you know, making who are actually, you know, doing well in the majors, uh, they're making less than somebody who hasn't played in the majors in the last, you know, 20 years or whatever, whenever he retired. So these are the guys who are making less than him. We'll start with two Mets. Peter Alonzo and Jeff McNeil, both all-stars, are making less than a, than a million dollars right now, and the Mets are actually paying somebody to not play more than they're paying two guys who are keeping their team alive. Um, then you have Andrew, Andrew Benatendi, Josh Hader, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Alec Bregman, and Josh Bell. So all of those guys are making less than Bobby Bonilla, who is getting paid at $1.2 million every single year for the Mets for the next couple of years. I think 20, at least 10 more years. In my, I can't remember, but I should have wrote that down. But anyways, that's insane to me that this dude's making this much money and some of these guys aren't even making over a million. And they're absolutely, you know, stunting right now you know peter alonzo jeff mcneil josh Hader, gary sanchez alex bregman josh bell you know they're all all-star i think isn't yeah aaron judge is an all-star too i don't know why i forgot that but that's awesome and or maybe is aaron judge an all-star did i read uh, i'm completely lost right now let me let me get this real quick uh that's just gonna mess with me and mess me up if he's not uh no he's actually not he's been hurt so that's you know obviously the reason so that's it for that. Uh, that's it for baseball. Let's do one more segment, and then we'll get you out of here. We're throwing it back to the older shows. We're going to bring this segment back from the dead. Uh, what would have happened? This is where we take a moment in sports, current or past, and we look at it and we say, what would have happened if this moment didn't happen? And we thought we'd stick with a pretty current topic LeBron leaving for Los Angeles. So yesterday, July 1st, LeBron 
uh, signed his contract with the Lakers one year ago. Uh, a lot of Cavs fans know where they were when that happened. So we thought, let's look at this and let's look at what the NBA would be like if he was still in Cleveland to this day. So we'll start with the Lakers. They would have probably obviously continued to develop that young core. They would have everybody on their team that they traded to the Pelicans, they would still have. They would still have Hart. They'd still have Lonzo, Ingram. Um, and I think they probably would have tried to have re-signed uh, Julius Randle. And I, obviously I don't think they would have gotten Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis would have stayed in New Orleans after he found out. I think New Orleans would still have that first first overall pick. So they still have Zion. And I think Anthony Davis would have stayed in New Orleans. Um and or maybe go to the Cavs or the Knicks. I'm not sure. Um, and then you look at the Cavs. I think the Cavs would have sort of been the same. I don't think they would have been able to get many players because, like people have pointed out to me, you know, LeBron left because it was very hard to recruit players to play for Cleveland. Because what LeBron does is he comes in and he sort of sucks all your resources and all of your capital really quickly out of the room. And then you know, a couple years later down the line, once he wins you maybe one championship if you're lucky. Um, you're sort of stuck, and that's where the Cavs are right now. Uh, it would have been interesting to see how Colin Sexton would have played with LeBron. I think he would have actually, you know, played a lot better with LeBron. Even though Sexton, you know, had a great year, it'd be cool to have seen, you know, what he would have done with LeBron on the court with him. Um, as far as the Cavs, I think I don't think they would have gotten the first seed. I don't think they would have breezed through the playoffs like they did, especially with Kawhi. Um, and then, you know, obviously the 76ers got better, and then Giannis with the Bucks. So I think they would have been the fourth seed, and I think they would have been bounced out by one of those teams. And I think the Raptors would have still ended up playing the Warriors, and I think the Raptors still would have won. So there's little differences, but in terms of overall, you know, championships and stuff like that, I don't think the Cavs would have gotten a championship last year. I think they would have stayed the same. I think LeBron would have been in the playoffs, you know, like he wasn't, and maybe the playoffs would have been even better, but... I just don't think he would have been, you know, t taking championships like he did a couple years ago. Cause he just didn't have the players. They wouldn't have gotten, they wouldn't have been able to get any players. I mean, I don't think he would have been able to trade for Anthony Davis uh, because who are you going to trade? You know, Sexton, maybe Kevin Love, but I don't know. I just don't think it would have changed a lot. But little things here and there. You know, maybe the Lakers would have made the playoffs last season if they continued to develop that young core. You know, who knows? So that's what would have happened. Uh, I still think the Raptors would have won, but it's interesting to think about. But that's it for our show today. Again, we had a jam-packed show today. We appreciate you listening. I want to shout out to Dom, our sponsor, D's Home Cuts. Thank you for listening, and thank you for presenting the show each and every single episode since the beginning. We're going to get Dom on here soon, possibly Thursday. We're going to do a little off uh site shooting and out of the studio we're going to go to dom's and we're going to go report live from these home cuts so make sure you watch for that check the twitter at tnt sports talk 12 for that also check the twitter tnt sports talk 12 for news um about the show what's going to be on the show quotes all this stuff our dms are open so send us questions comments concerns if you want to be a guest what you liked what you didn't like all through the DMs, we respond pretty quickly with those. So check that out and send us some comments. Other than that, though, find us on Spotify and iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating. Write us a review and subscribe so you do not miss an episode every Tuesday, every Thursday. We're cooking with gas now, guys. We're back. We're refreshed. The show's going to take off here. It's going to get a lot better, um, and we're going to have a lot of fun this summer. 
Like I said, le- the second half of 2019 is going to be amazing. We're going to make it even better than the first half. Uh, so make sure you keep tuning in show after show. So that starts on Thursday. Check us out on Thursday with possibly Dom at D's Home Cuts. So, oh, sorry about that. Check it out. Thank you for listening to our show today and uh, tune in on Thursday. Thanks, guys.